The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Looks like we're going to get back to talking about the zipper merge in just a few minutes. The texts are just coming in uh, one after another. We've got people on hold who want to talk about this, but it is Monday and it is time for another edition of The Hoot. Joining us this afternoon is Rob Roach, the Director of Insight, Economics and Research at ATB Financial. Hey, Rob. Hi, Jalen. What's your stand on the zipper merge? I do not like the zipper merge. Why not? I like to be in the lane and know where I'm going, even if it slows down the traffic. Uh-huh. I like the, the consistency of it. All well, right. I'm not sure. Well, you're, I'm not sure. you're slowing down traffic then, Rob, just so you know. I'm part of the problem. You, <laughs> that's, that's what they're saying. That's what they're telling me. Okay, Rob, you want to talk today a little bit about uh, Alberta's natural gas sex- sector. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about oil in this province, obviously. But, uh, you know, not too long ago, natural gas was, you know, really front and center as well, wasn't it? It was. It was really the story when it came to Alberta's oil and natural gas sector. Um, and, of course... Oil, uh, especially uh, today, critically important, so it does get a lot of the attention. But not that long ago, you know, in the 2000s, um, a time period most of us can probably remember fairly clearly, uh, it was natural gas that was booming, really everything. Its price was up, there was a lot of drilling and a lot of jobs associated with natural gas and provincial royalties from it. Hmm. That's what really helped or enabled Alberta to pay off its debt in the the 2000s. So natural gas was the name of the game not that long ago. But things changed a little bit uh, with the the U.S., with the shale gas revolution there. Tell us what happened. Well, you know, if you were a natural gas company or or working in the natural gas sector, um, things are going really well. And then almost overnight, um, the shale gas revolution, which really came down to technology, um, hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling mm-hmm. unleashed all these natural gas deposits that we knew were there, but now we could actually economically extract the gas. That led to a whole lot more gas uh, coming online in the North American market where Alberta gas competes. In fact, the U.S. added about 200 billion cubic meters of production. Wow. That's twice as much as our total production in Alberta. So all of a sudden you had all this gas, and lo and behold, down went the price. Um, quite dramatically, just as it did when there's been too much oil uh, in the global market recently, drove the price down. You know what, Rob, I was going to say, every time we hear the word glut uh, when it comes to our natural resources, it's never a good thing, is it? Never a good thing. And, you know, the prices today in for natural gas are where they were in the 1990s. But, of course, there's been inflation since then, so they're really cheaper. You know, they're really, and in some cases, uh, not that recently, they were actually uh, giving it away. In fact, um, they had to charge people to take it off their hands. Hmm. Now, it's not always that bad. Um, the prices are still enough to encourage uh, production. In fact, production has been up the last couple of years, um, but it's not like it was, and the price is really So despite all of this, though, natural gas still in a, an important part of our economy in this province, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is, this is I think, the positive message, is we're still very fortunate to have um, all this natural gas in Alberta, it's still accounted for $14 billion wow. um, in what they call producer sales last year. That's 22% of the oil and gas sector. Hmm. So that's nothing to sniff at. And it also accounted for almost 
or, or over $9 billion in our exports. So that really helps, um, helps the economy. Still a lot of jobs, not what it was, but mm-hmm. still an important piece of the puzzle. So why should we give a hoot about all of this? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. One is natural gas consumption, whether it's Canada, the U.S., Asia, or, the, or globally, it's going up. Mm-hmm. We have natural gas. So the long-term uh, uh, outlook for natural gas is positive. But here's the kicker, <laughs> and it's going to sound very familiar to the oil situation. We need the capacity to get that mm. gas to market, yeah. especially if we could get some to Asia, or at least more Canadian gas to Asia. Um, and that's where we need pipelines and liquid natural gas facilities out in B.C. So it's another project we have and one we shouldn't forget about, which is uh, getting natural gas to market. Uh, we, well we managed to get all the way through this show <laughs> without saying pipelines today. And then Sorry. you said pipelines, Rob. <laughs> My fault. It's okay, Rob. Thank you for this. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Monday. You bet, and good luck with the zipper debate. Yeah, well, my gosh, it's raging, let me tell you. Thanks, Rob. That's Rob Roach from ATB Financial. He is the Director of Inside Economics and Research at ATB Financial uh, with our weekly edition of The Hoot. Now, we are going to get back to the zipper merge in just a second, but just wanted to give you an update on some some breaking news, and it's something that we uh, had been mentioned in, uh, in the newscast, and of course, Bus crashes as we know all too well uh very scary things and um boy oh boy um with what we've seen in in and around uh alberta and saskatchewan recently it 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 really comes to mind very quickly how many people can be hurt and and how badly so there is a bus full of tourists um there are 24 people in hospital and several in critical condition after a bus crash near prescott ontario we're told we're told that um the bus went off Highway 401, that it was carrying approximately 37 people, including the driver and a tour guide. Uh, It's believed that the passengers are all Asian tourists who do not speak English. Uh, A Mandarin translator has been brought to them. There are five patients that are in critical condition. Um, And this is the latest update that we have um, from one of our reporters on the scene. The tour bus sits upright in the ditch alongside the 401 near Prescott, about an hour south of Ottawa. A number of its windows are blown out. We know that there were about 40 people on board. Five people have critical injuries and were taken to hospital in Brockville. Two people were transported to hospital via air. We know that language is an issue here. Brockville has brought in Mandarin translators. This was a tourist bus, and we're told that those on board did not speak English. We don't know at this point what caused this bus to crash. Abigail Beeman, Global News, near Prescott. All right, again, Abigail Beeman on the scene near Prescott, Ontario. At least five people in critical condition in hospital. A bus full of Asian tourists uh, visiting the area has uh, has crashed. We'll keep you updated on that. We'll take a break here at 3.45. When we come back, Richard wants to talk about zipper merging. And on the text line, you have a lot to say as well. find something that someone wants to talk about you stick with it and apparently you guys want to talk about the zipper merge today uh we talked to tristan hopper from the national post at 2 30 he had done a, an article on the zipper merge and had said you know we need to get with it we really really need to get with it it's uh it's uh it's a way to keep traffic moving it's much it's much it's much safer um and it will get things get things you know less bunged up on the roads although i 
I'm, I'm seeing more and more that I think we really need to have some signs put up in those places where those zipper merges um, are going to have to take place. Uh, a couple of texts before we get to the phone calls. Ski lifts. Ski lift lines are an excellent example of where zipper merging works. Nobody gets confused or mad about how they get through the line and onto the lift. Uh, Ian says, gotta throw my vote in with Rob. The zipper is a boatload of propaganda. Richard from Calling Lake is on the phone. Hey, Richard. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Well, thanks for calling. What do you think about the zipper merge first off? Well, what's contributing to all this uh, construction happening? I'm looking at the bigger picture. Mm. It's like we're always, Edmonton's always playing catch up. The infrastructure is designed right now, it could probably handle a city of three, four hundred thousand. And you think so? Uh, they got to start thinking long term. A plan that doesn't change every time a new council get in. <laughs> it has to be something like a 20 year commitment. Let's put a bridge across the 50th Street, across the river. Mm. The Hende should have been four lanes right around, right from the get go. Instead of proposing all this money from the gondola, <laughs> these funiculars and all these, you know, weird little projects. Put it and widen the hand day. Let's start catching the infrastructure up for a city that's pushing a million. So uh-huh. well, I think that's what, you know, it's just like they're just doing these Band-Aid fixes all over, but they're not expanding the infrastructure. You know what, one of the one of the um, talks recently is is about building another ring road around Anthony Henday, right? Because it, we're still just keep yeah. pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. I would, I would just really like them to see, uh, would really like to see them fix some of those areas that are constantly um, causing grief for commuters uh, during the day on the Henday. You know what? Um, you look at um, trying to get... Uh, on uh, the Hende from 111th Street, especially during rush hour, it's brutal. At oh, yeah. 124th Street, trying to merge onto the Hende, that's that's like taking life your your, your own life into your hands. Um, there, there's all these little spots that just everything comes to an absolute screeching halt. Except you know when I head north, well then you look at Cameron Heights, Lassard, the on ramp uh, to the Hende from Lassard yeah. as well. It just everything just isn't flowing like it should be. And again, I, I think that's, I think it's in part of the way that it's built, and I think it's in part the way that we're driving. It needs to be four lanes yeah. around, and there's, like you said, in the southwest qu- quadrant, it's two lanes. And it's like, why did you build it in the first place? You know? and well, it's crazy. You know what? From uh, If you're coming off Lassard onto the to the Henday South, you're coming up to Cameron Heights, you're going from, I think at one point, there's almost like five lanes there. It's the merge lane, you're coming in. No, there's there's four, and then yeah. they bring it down. There's one big lane on the outside, which could have kept easily going straight up to the uh, the off ramp at Cameron Heights. But no, then you're you're squishing everyone back over to the two lanes before they have to get off again. It, yeah. It's just strange. Yeah, it's uh, can't figure that one out. Neither Thanks can I. Taking the call. Hey, anytime, Richard. Always great to hear from you. And Alberta Pete, how you doing? Great. Uh, the zipper yes. works great. I mean, if it doesn't, just spray some WD-40. <laughs> but anyways, uh, what I'd like to find out is what is going on? Because I've been to Europe like 12 times in the last dozen years. Love it. I've seen one accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking the big cities yeah. like London, Rome, Paris. And it's just amazing. Like every year, those people have to go, most countries, 
for a written exam. Mm. And everything is dealt through the government. It's when you go for your license, you have to know how to drive. Not that you got a buddy at registry that slips you through. I was at registry, I'm not saying names, but I was at a registry here in the city last week getting papers. There was a person there getting, uh, doing, you know, those computer desks where you do your driver's exam. Mm -hmm. They had a cell phone in front of them with answers on it from the internet. <laughs> like, I mean, and this is the people that are on the road. I don't think it's infrastructure. I don't think it's construction. I think that we do not educate people to drive normally. Well, you Why know- is it that, you know, cities in Europe with four or five million people, hardly you ever see a Jam. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Pete, but all uh, what I do know is that you know when I went to driving school, and hey, and I was old when I went to driving school. I was 21, 22 years old before I got my license. I did Young Drivers of Canada. We have a couple heard of years ago. Yeah, thank you. You're, you're <laughs> kind, good man. Um, and you know all the stuff that we you know learned through there. I still remember it, and I apply it every single day. We hear a lot of concerns raised on this show about. About, um, about driving courses and how how new drivers are learning how to drive and who's teaching them. Well, especially with uh, climate like winter, I think if you come from a different country that doesn't have winters, you must have a driver's test in the snow. Oh yeah. I don't care about summer when everything is clear and nothing. Mm-hmm. Comes winter and the lines get covered up. Oh my God! I got people coming at me in in a head-on collision type yeah. of thing. Like, I think the registry should go back to the government and become strict. That's what Pete believes with driving. All right, thanks for giving us a shout, Alberta Pete. Always great to hear from you. Um, it's a mentality too. Here, the mentality mentality is my car is bigger. Do you want to fight me? Whereas in Europe or in Asia, the mentality is let's get where we're going and avoid and avoid an accident. Um, <laughs> Zipper merge. I know that I can't text you pictures, so I will get you to visualize this. In this picture is you with a stick in your hand. Got that picture in your mind? Now imagine you standing in front of a dead horse and continuously hitting it with your stick. That's you with this zipper merge. Now let's get on to a different topic already, LOL. Well, the people are still calling in, and the great thing is, it's my show. I have the microphone. Uh, this There is less road rage with zipper merge. Everyone gets to the front of the line, and you take turns. Nobody can speed up on the empty lane jump 20 cars ahead of you after you've been sitting there for 15 minutes it does work that is alex from edmonton and then someone says what about using signal lights people seem to think it's for decoration Richard from Calling Lake. Uh, This text is for you. Richard is right. Traffic on the Hende exceeded design levels before the entire ring road was completed. Now, I don't know what I don't know what you guys think. I I travel north uh, on on the Hende quite often going out to the base um, and oftentimes in the morning, the only areas that I have big problems where it seems to get all tied up is at Lassard and Collingwood. Um, Although those off the top of my head head. No, they're not the only two honors, but that's where it's constantly tied up there. Um, and that's a little frustrating. But once you get past there, the the traffic is always moving very easily. Now, it could just be volume. I get that. It just seems that that southwest quadrant of the Hende is a gong show 
all the time. Um, I took a written test at AMA and I had to give up my cell phone while I wrote the test. Sounds like the place the guy saw using a phone was non-compliant. Lots of text still coming in. Art from St. Albert says zipper merging requires drivers with brains and discipline. Many drivers have neither. What about free flow lanes? Brains not required, as I've seen it many times. A few minutes ago, I saw a driver stop, even though the free flow lane was about a block line, block long, must have been dead, or must have been brain dead. Love to see these drivers ticketed. Yeah, I was behind someone on a free free flow lane yesterday and they stopped they stopped completely coming off 91st up onto you know Hende onto 91st is free flow keep on going you have to know what this wor- what these signs mean zipper works great in Saskatchewan they have signs saying please use both lanes then you use the zipper effect so one other thing and I'm going to throw it out here I'm still seeing this happen all the time and it kind of goes with the zipper merge so you know you're in a long line but you need to get onto the Hende. You need to you need to merge. You need to take that off ramp, or I guess on ramp, onto the Hende. So what do you do? Do you sit there and wait in that line, or do you cross that solid white line and drive up the side? Do you drive up the side, you know, narrowly, you know, missing uh, the side of your vehicle on the bridge siding, and you scooch past everybody and you get up there? Do you do that? Do you do? You're nodding your head. You do that. If there's enough room, sure. Oh. On my motorcycle, every single time, maybe not in my car. On the motorcycle, there's a little bit more room, and I and I and yes. I get that. But it happens so much at, at, on Twilliger Drive southbound um, when you're trying to get on to uh, the Hende. I see it all the time. Uh, I won't do it till maybe I'm a couple of feet out. I would never start like way back and no, no, no. and go all yeah, the way up. Yeah, definitely not. But you want to be slightly courteous. I see it all the time. And you want to talk about people road raging and blocking. You see people blocking the lane and trying to move over. And I think it's against the law to do that. I think you can get ticketed for that. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, thanks for the great conversation on uh, zipper merging this afternoon. Traffic always gets you fired up. Randy Kilburn. Yes, Randy, he's back and he has your four o'clock news. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.